Hi guys, welcome to Kate's Corner. I'm your host, Caitlin Sherinian, and today I'm interviewing Neil Milet. It's nice to see you today. We're actually in this beautiful library in Camden, which I've only been in this room like once before in my whole life, and that was for a tour of it. Wow. And this is actually a great place to have a podcast. Mm-hmm. This is my first time in the building, and I met the librarians, and they're super sweet. Both, both those ladies, they're just, they're doing the work. It's so quiet, I could hear a pen drop, but I can just tell on their faces how much they love what they're doing. That's important. And it's a cold day here, but a beautiful day in Indiana. And I actually still live in uh, rural Indiana, a small town called Camden. I don't live in this town, but live outside of it. I don't know how many people live here. Uh, but it's uh, it's definitely uh, about as rural as you can get for this era in time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a lot of people work on farms or work in factories, and yeah, just a lot of hardworking people live around here. It's a nice place to live. Mm-hmm. And how do you think um, Camden has affected your upbringing or livelihood? Well, it it's it's I think it's been twofold. The first is obviously the fact we live where. There aren't a whole lot of young people. So, you know, growing up, so it kind of gave me a chance to help on the farm, whether that was mowing or driving tractors and stuff like that. Um, and I think the fact that I came from this small community where I always, you know, wanted to have a connection to the outside world more than I did, gave me the inspiration the and really the drive to go out there and try to meet people all over the world and learn about how they work and uh, it's just a good way of life and I think that living in a small town in a small community really makes you humble and it gives you a point of view that most people don't have in this modern era where you're a little bit connected to the realities of you know how your parents and grandparents lived and how all your neighbors live yet kind of have a chance to chart your own course too so I've tried to strike a balance appreciating both perspectives um, and I think it's given me a lot of unique opportunities. Because mm-hmm. I know when I ventured outside of Delphi to Costa Rica I noticed that other people didn't have this midwestern mentality <laughs> in which they weren't always willing to help they wouldn't greet other people with a smile they were very weary of other of others and coming back I was just so fortunate to realize that because I've always like Small towns just aren't my thing. But after realizing that, it's we're so fortunate to live in this community. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's one thing I try to do is wherever I go, I try to bring the small town mentality to them, whether they want it or not. Um, and what I mean by that is, for example, I was in Cologne, Germany a couple months ago uh, speaking in an event uh, about technology. And I walk into the hotel at 10 o'clock at night. I just got off a flight from England, and I didn't know a single person there yet. And I go to get something to eat at the restaurant. I end up running into a bunch of German businessmen and women. Actually, the business was owned by a lady in her mid-30s, a very pioneering entrepreneur. And I was like, guys and girls, you know, I'm a farm boy from Indiana, and it was so ironic because one of the guys who worked for this company that dealt with um, biomedical imaging technology um, actually had an apple orchard. 
And he, he and I ended up talking about tractors for two hours that night. It was just so ironic. And, and each one of them invited me to, to come and see them in their towns at a later date. And, you know, so what I'm getting at is, is unless you go out there and show people what you're made of and be able to have the confidence to proclaim where you're from and what makes you who you are, you might not be in a position to meet people. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's always funny how it works. And how would you say you got your confidence? Um, through failure. Uh, I've failed probably more than anybody. I mean, I fail every day, and I'm the first to admit it. And, and that's one of the things that bothers me right now about, especially in the technology world, and even about entrepreneurship in general, is people have this stigma that they're perfect. But the fact is, is all of us are human. All of us have our strengths, have our weaknesses. And, but the one thing we have in common is, you know, none of us does anything perfect 100% of the time. And if you do, you're either you're an alien or you're, you're lying to yourself, one of the two. Uh, so I really try just to accept the fact that I'm going to mess up. And when I mess up, I try to own it and I try to acknowledge it and I try to learn from it and move forward. Uh, that's kind of been my approach. And do you have any fun stories about failing and um, interesting outcomes? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sure I do. I, I, I mean, when I graduated from Purdue, I decided I was going to go invent something. The first person I reached out to about my idea basically told me I was just a farmer, that I should go and let the engineers and the, I guess, the smart people um, invent stuff, and I should go back there and do the manual labor on the farm. And that really infuriated me because... Mm-hmm. I thought right then and there, I said, you know what? First off, I'm a fierce competitor. Like, nobody will outcompete me. And if someone tells me I'm not capable of doing something, I don't care what it takes to overcome that misconception which they had, but I will win. And uh, I think I get that a lot from obviously growing up in rural Indiana. And uh, I mean, not that I have a chip on my shoulder, but I'm always looking to defy the odds, per se. Mm hmm. But that individual, you know, kind of got under my skin. And I decided right then and there, I wasn't just going to go prove them wrong. But I was going to go do things to change the lives of hopefully thousands of other people across the world in the process. Um, So I, back to your question, though, of failure. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, I did fail in a huge way one time. So uh, I was invited to go speak in India. Uh, Some event through the Minister of Agriculture for the country, so a government official, a government, um, basically the, the, the agricultural segment for India, uh, the Indian government held a conference, and they invited me over to speak, uh, and it's kind of funny because they paid for my plane ticket, I had everything booked, ready to go, <clears throat> but I was so busy doing all the other stuff. So, so basically, the, the Minister of Agriculture for India um, invited me over to speak at some sort of a conference. And this was back when I was really starting to become an entrepreneur. One bedroom apartment. There was half office and half like where I was supposed to live. And it was a pretty wonderful opportunity. <clears throat> and I remember that I, I got ready to go to the airport, got everything loaded up. 
got to the airport and realized I had forgotten to get a visa. Oh, no. So I actually made a phone call to them. And it was like, like my flight was literally about to take off. And obviously they could have made arrangements, but they couldn't make arrangements in 30 seconds. Or, and I'm always kind of cutting it short, right? I'm always cutting it close. Because I'm trying to fit so much in a very small window of a day. Um, but I felt like that was pretty pretty sad because that was an opportunity where if I would have been more mature, more um, kind of looking at things in terms of priority, I would have had an amazing opportunity to go see India for free, meet a lot of good people in the process. So I, I learned from that that I've got to be a better leader. I've got to prioritize. I've got to execute better. And so sometimes it takes tough lessons to teach you that you've got to always expect more of yourself. Mm-hmm. And how do you find these connections or these people so you can do these amazing things? Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the crazy thing. Is I, don't, I think what gives you opportunity is the way you position yourself. And if you're a genuine person, if you truly go out there and, and, and have the true desire to make people's lives better, good people are going to come into your life. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that, and that's been my, my story all along. Um, so, I mean, I've been able to meet thousands of people all over the world. I've been to somewhere between 20 and 30 countries. I honestly don't remember in my life so far. Um, and, you know, I've spoken some of the biggest events from technology like South by Southwest and, you know, traveled to all the big cities and been part of just lots of amazing things that, again, if I would have listened to that one individual who's told me to give up, and that I wasn't right to do something never would have happened in the first place. So You've seen so much of the world, but what are you doing to help Camden or Delphi? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one of my biggest goals and, and, and aspirations has always been to use a little bit of my experiences and all these people I've met. And I'm, I'm still just getting started the way I see it. Like, I have a lot of work I need to do still and, like, I'm just a baby in terms of like what I wanted to accomplish. But, you know, it's not easy to, to be an entrepreneur or start something from scratch or um, do something new because coming from a small town, I know the pain points firsthand of as great of a place as it is to live around here. When you have your family so close to you or you have, you know, members of your community so close to you and everybody knows each other. There are a couple of pressure points that I think can kind of hinder innovation. The first is the the pressure to succeed the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, in a small town, you know, people look at failure as a way to potentially get one up on you. So whether that's, you know, if you don't make the honor roll uh, in fifth grade or whether or not you try try to start a new business and it doesn't work and it fails and people laugh at you. Again, I think in the bigger city, failure is easier because nobody is really looking at you under a microscope mm-hmm. as they potentially are in a small town. I'm not saying everybody's like that. I'm just saying I've met hundreds of entrepreneurs from small towns and that this is one thing that they tell me is they're worried that everybody's going to laugh at them if they fail. I've been working with some people from our small town to start a nonprofit that will basically create um, what I call 21st century libraries, um, mm-hmm. innovation centers, essentially, where young people can come together, 
have the resources to learn and to uh, fail and to invent and just go through the process of figuring out what they want to do with their lives. Some people may start businesses, some people may invent new technology, or some people may just figure out how to collaborate with their friends, or they may figure out, hey, I have a passion for film or the creative side of of the media industry. I want to do something with that. I think these facilities are going to be launch pads. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Spaceports, maybe that's another analogy <laughs> where, you know, a kid from a small town like Camden can walk or ride their bike and have the same opportunities as someone in Palo Alto or Chicago or New York or London or, you know, New Delhi, you name it. Um, and that's kind of the vision behind it. And it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge, but mm-hmm. we're going to, I think we're going to be okay. I so. And where are you starting your 21st century library? <laughs> yeah. So we've, we've bought a building in Delphi and we bought a building in Camden. Both buildings are like over a hundred years old. They need some work. They're going to have to be renovated to a certain extent. And again, that's the whole vision is these facilities will be within close proximity to the to the young people. So I was someplace within the last couple of months and I was telling this concept to somebody. And they're like, well, wow, that's really inspiring because I come from a town of like 75,000 people. And we've been trying to figure out how we can justify building the co-working center for our community. Mm-hmm. And one thing I told them is, it's like, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Hoosiers, the basketball movie. Mm-mm. It's a, kind of an old one, but um, I think sports and entrepreneurship and life have so many similarities. And, you know, in this Hoosiers movie, um, these kids are from a small, like the smallest school in the state, and they go on, they beat the biggest school in the wow. state in basketball. And I think it's the same holds true. When you build resources and opportunities for people from these small communities, they can go out there and know, I mean, they, they want it more. They want it more than people from the big city who potentially don't have that need. They don't have that spark. Um, you know, so some people may say, well, it's a huge investment. It's a huge mm-hmm. risk. Yeah. But from my point of view, you know, if you invest a couple million dollars to build, you know, some centers for kids to be inspired and work to change the world um, over the course of 50, 60, 70 years, that $2 million or whatever you end up, what ends up being the goal to raise to, to implement the project is a pretty small gamble. You, know, you don't have to have a lot of success stories, a lot of people who succeed to make that worth your time. You know, So I think this project is definitely going to inspire not only the people from this community, but also people from all over the country because mm-hmm. they see our drive and they see our commitment to yeah, create an opportunity for everybody. Mm-hmm. And what you're telling me, it's a great mm-hmm. idea and you've got it in motion, but how are you going to take your mm-hmm. I want kids to change the world and give them the opportunities mm-hmm. to kids actually doing it? Well, that's, <clears throat> that's the long-term play. This is a five to ten year vision. And... I've done a lot of stuff. I've been part of a lot of cool projects. You know, one of the coolest things I've done, um, I was able to advise the government of Afghanistan 
on, I think it's like a $30 million infrastructure project funded by the World Bank. Wow. Um, you know, and obviously in a country like Afghanistan, the people who are now in charge, um, <clears throat> many whom are my friends um, in, in terms of the agricultural part of that country, are the most passionate, the most hardworking people I've ever met in my life. And they have had to overcome so much adversity. I mean, things that we can't even imagine mm -hmm. to be able to start doing what they're doing. So, you know, that's kind of an extreme example, but I think it, it boils down to getting people in this community inspired and invested in the vision. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we've got to all pull together and do it ourselves. Uh, so, you know, like these buildings, I think a big component to get people to... Right. <clears throat> so like these, these buildings in Camden and Delphi, one of the biggest ways to first of all plant the seed is to have people from the community help to renovate them. Mm -hmm. So we'll have volunteer days, days where people can come together and, you know, paint or whatever they can contribute. Um, but the big piece of that's going to also be bringing in uh, mentors and influencers. Mm -hmm. So I'm really fortunate to have a dynamic global network that ranges from professional athletes to entrepreneurs to people who work in the music industry. And I, I'm already planning events like concerts and um, guest speakers who will come into these facilities either in person or virtually and, again, help people of all ages uh, understand that they aren't much different than these people who they see on TV. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, one of my friends has over, I have several friends with hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers, you know, which people like use as their, you know, currency. Work, their currency <laughs> these days. I don't, and I tell these people, I, I don't care how many followers you have. Like, what are you doing with your life? How are you inspiring others? How are you doing something of substance that people will care about? In 50 years. In mm -hmm. 50 years, nobody's going to care how many people followed you, right? But what I'm getting at is, where can people in these small communities go right now and have access to someone who played on the World Cup soccer team? Wow. Or someone who um, used to help manage um, an artist like Taylor Swift or Dustin Lynch? Or where can they go to meet someone who's, um, you know, got 30 or 40 patents there's no place right now. Mm -hmm. So again, building these synergetic points of inspiration um, is going to do so much more than I, what, than I think people realize. Because it'll be this congregation point where people can come together who have different views, different ideas, different perspectives. And they can, they can learn together. And when they're learning together, they're going to be able to build friendships and build relationships, mm -hmm. which ultimately I think is the most important component in the opportunity to make a difference on someone's life. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's not rocket science, but it's just kind of a different point of view that you don't usually see. Definitely. Um, Cause I know a lot of my friends, uh, they want to, they want to change the world right? and they want to go into the music industry 
become actors, dancers, and all that. Mm-hmm. But we live in a small town, mm-hmm. and we don't have those kinds of connections or like the classes or anything. But with your your opportunity, they can get those connections. They can tell them what's the best thing they can do right now, and I think that's amazing. On everything you've thought through. <laughs> well, and, you know, I I didn't do this overnight. You know, it yeah. it took. Um, a lot of, you know, that's the other thing is when you're an entrepreneur from a small town, you do a lot of it by yourself. Yeah. And I've had the, you know, you asked me earlier, for exactly what you asked, but basically dealt with failure. You know, I wouldn't be in this position to have all these friends and do all this stuff if everything had worked for me perfectly the first time. If I just woke up one day and life was perfect, I wouldn't be put in a position where I would have had the confidence to go and meet some of these people or engage them or and what I was doing, or all this stuff. And what you learn is that your journey is not always fun and easy, tests you, and if you're able to overcome the adversity and stay positive and stay committed to your vision, a lot of good opportunities and good people are gonna come into your life. Yeah. That's, that's, in the day, that's what it boils down to. That's great. So. I think that's a pretty good ending point. I'm just so happy to be on your podcast and see all the great stuff you're doing. And, uh, I mean, I think I'm going to look back one day and, like, I'm probably, like, the first of tons of great guests you had. And uh, (laughs) I'm glad I can help get it started. Mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate for people like you. Um, Have you met Dot yet? I I have not. I was going to meet her. Um, well, and I was when I was in Austin, okay. but I wasn't able to set it set it up. Okay, well, we'll have to get you guys together again sometime. But you know, I think it takes a lot of confidence to go out here and start something like this new. So you need to be really proud, I think, of the fact you're even getting started, because the people you're going to meet and the doors I think this will open for you is going to be endless. And, uh, yeah, you're introduced to one of my friends in Austin who is like this powerhouse in marketing and media. And, uh, I just can't wait for these two ladies to meet each other. It's going to be special. Mm-hmm. And to everybody listening, the young people, cause the old people, y'all already said new ways, but, <laughs> um, just, I'm passionate about interviewing people and seeing what's more to life. You know, Kate's corner just broad, broadening my horizons and it, as long as you find something that you're passionate about you can you'll be happy and you can make maybe not a million dollars but you'll you'll be content with your life thank you for tuning in to Kate's Corner see you next time